time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you thrive no matter what life throws your way. In other words, we're not just here talking about, you know, that being at the top of the world, being at the top of your game, but how you thrive regardless of what. In fact, I would say because of what happens to you. My feeling is that it's the tough times that really give us the capacity of growing that muscle, of growing that resilience factor. But see, I believe that there's something beyond resilience. Resilience is about getting kind of back to where you were. So something happens to you. Let's say you have some injury or illness or some life circumstance that hits you and it knocks you down. And resilience is about the fact that you get back up to where you were. My belief is that thriving is going beyond that. It's taking those pieces that come at you hard and learning from them. Sometimes I think about kind of the equivalence in life where nowhere else do we think, oh, I'll just kind of come out better if nothing bad happens to me, if nothing tough happens to me. When I'm exercising, you know, one of the things I'm doing is challenging my muscles, giving them a reason to grow giving them a reason to be bigger, more uh, capable. And uh, that's the same thing. You know, if I want to build a strong muscle, I have to lift something heavy to challenge the muscle beyond what it's had before. And it's the same with us as we're growing through life. If you watch kids, you, you watch them, you hit that stage or they hit the stage where they're struggling with something. You know, They want to take that first step and they fall and they fall and they fall. But it's the challenge of it that keeps them going. And if they were to say, you know, I just can't do it, they give up and walk away. And so the challenges are where we really learn to thrive. After that, it's taking that thriving and moving it into making our life about purpose and meaning. Now, that's kind of where we want to talk about today of one of the things that kind of gets in the way, and that's pain. Pain comes at us in lots of different ways. We have physical pain, for sure. We have emotional pain, for sure. But there's something else that's beyond just the initial physical or emotional pain. You know, if if you hit your hand, it hurts. That's a physical pain, and and it it hurts for a little bit, and it usually goes away. That's pain. If somebody says something and and it's kind of mean to you, it it emotionally causes some pain. Initially, it hits you, and you're, you're, oh, that kind of hurts. The question we want to talk about today is what happens after that, how we hang on to the pain, not just that the pain happens to us, but then how we hold on to the pain. Because you see, pain is a natural part of life. It's the nature of being in this life. Things happen to us. We bump into things. People say things that hurt our feelings. There's no way we're going to avoid it unless we wrap ourselves you know, in uh, a, a little, little poppy uh, paper and you know, if we somehow uh, make sure that we uh, avoid every relationship. That's the only way we're going to be safe. We wrap ourselves in, in foam and avoid, go into the cocoon, go into the cave. But if we're going to be in real life and if we're going to be moving, doing things, we're going to have injuries, whether they're physical or emotional. That's the unavoidable. Buddhism uh, often says that pain is unavoidable, but the suffering is what's optional. And what Buddhism points out is that the suffering is because of our attachment to the pain. It's not because of the pain. It's because of our attachment to the pain. In fact, it's because of our attachment, period. But specifically, today we want to talk about our attachment to the pain. 
Let's think for a minute about kind of what happens to us in these moments of, of pain, right? Sometimes we have these moments of pain when something happens to us. Let's say, for instance, you have some injury. Let's say you injure your leg. And then not only do you injure your leg, but then you walk around going, man, why did I do that? So let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, I was at jiu-jitsu. And as the evening was wearing on, we were practicing this technique, and it was a kick defense. Now, the funny thing is, since that incident, I've been wearing an ankle brace. And everybody's like, oh, what move got you? And my move that got me was I landed wrong. Nobody did anything to me. I just landed wrong. And so it was all my fault. So we'd been going on, and I did a kick uh, to my partner for my partner to defend, and my partner defended it perfectly. I just went down a little funny and twisted my ankle. Now, that's the injury to my leg. The question of, is what happened after that, because I kept chastising myself for what I had done. Now, let's be very clear. The injury had happened. It did hurt. In fact, it still hurts. But then I found myself constantly fussing at myself and constantly thinking about, well, could I really go back? And what am I going to do about this injury? And is it okay just to wrap it and go back and exercise? And maybe I should just give this whole thing up. I mean, a 52-year-old body getting thrown around the, uh, the mats is, is kind of tough on it. And I kept having those conversations with myself. You'll notice there's the injury. And then there is all of the stuff that happens after that, the whys. You know, when I worked as a hospital chaplain, a lot of times people were in great pain. And there was the great pain from whatever happened to them, but there was the added pain when they asked the question, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? And what I noticed is sometimes that pain was more significant than any physical pain that had come out of that. That's what we're talking about, about the difference in physical pain. But what about emotional pain? Let's say that someone says something to you that hurts your feelings. Well, that's emotional pain. What happens when we continue to think about that and to ponder that and to mull it over in our mind, to dwell on it, to get stuck on it over the hours, the days, the weeks, maybe sometimes even months and years? So there's the emotional pain that happened. Maybe they hurt your feelings. Maybe it even made you angry. But after that, you spend lots more time dwelling on that, and that's a different level of pain. It's a different type of pain. ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. It's a type of therapy that looks at how do we accept what's gone on to us and decide how we're going to move beyond it instead of being held by those emotions. How do we process anger and other emotions? Well, ACT therapy talks about the idea of clean pain and dirty pain. We've also talked about it in other ways in therapy, about how people get stuck in the stories they tell about things that have happened to them. Dirty pain is what happens when we get stuck on the hurt or when we kind of get caught up, think about something that could happen and worry about something that might happen but doesn't. For instance, years ago, I had somebody who came in and he kept telling me that he was having these horrible thoughts about something bad that might happen uh, to his spouse. And he went on and on about what happened. In fact, he would wake up at night terrified that something was going to happen to his spouse. And when he was away, he would call to make sure nothing had happened. Now, let's be clear. Nothing had happened. So what was going on in his mind was entirely created. There was a story he was telling about what might happen to his spouse. 
the stories that we tell about what might happen to somebody or might happen even to us, that's just dirty pain. There's no real thing that's happened. Or the times when we get caught up in asking, why did this happen to us? That's dirty pain because it's, it's disconnected from what happened. I twisted my ankle. I twisted my ankle because I fell wrong. That was enough pain. It's, it's been a pain. I've iced it. I've wrapped it. It's been a pain, physical pain. But I could spend a lot of time chastising myself, feeling bad about myself, talking to myself about how horrible a jujitsu person I am because I allowed that to happen. That, in fact, did it to myself. But that's dirty pain. Or maybe somebody has their feelings hurt by someone and they go on and on and on and on in their mind about thinking about what happened. Maybe, maybe they aren't such a good person. Maybe they are exactly what that person said. Maybe, maybe it's all about them. You know, maybe they're not good enough to be loved by anyone. That's the dirty pain we're talking about. You see, dirty pain is when we re-wound ourselves. So we have the clean pain, the initial injury, physical or emotional and then there's the dirty pain when we keep rewounding ourselves. I don't know about you, but maybe sometime in your past you had some injury and you just kind of kept poking at it, you know, some physical injury. Uh, I remember at one point I, I had a skateboard injury when I was a teenager and um, I tended to be fairly reckless on the skateboard and I tore up my knee. And the funny thing about that was there was there's the initial injury. I mean, it really tore up my knee, but I kept bothering it. You know, I kept poking at it to see if it was better, and I kept rubbing it raw uh, sometimes. Um, and and that was kind of the almost the equivalent of what we do when we create this dirty pain. We keep rubbing at that wound that's there, and instead of letting it heal, letting it naturally go away, we keep activating the pain. We still, still live in the pain of that wound, but we keep it fresh. We keep it hurting. You see, there's the difference between clean pain and dirty pain. There are a couple of differences. Clean pain is natural pain. If you fall and hurt yourself, that's natural pain. If somebody says something, something mean to you, the fact that it initially hurts your feelings or bothers you, that's natural pain. The unnatural pain is that dirty pain when we keep adding to it, when we add on the stories we tell about what's wrong with us, about why we're not good people, about why we deserve to be even injured. Clean pain is about our physical or emotional wounding. But dirty pain has emotions with it. It's more about the shame and feeling like you're a victim of what's happened. And, and those pieces tend to keep us stuck, keep us rotating in that story. Think of clean pain as the initial pain and dirty pain as the secondary pain of what happened. If you're not familiar with the story of Jill Bolt Taylor, she was a neurologist and she suffered a stroke. In fact, she wrote the book, My Stroke of Insight. The reason it's such an interesting book is because a neurologist was kind of watching herself go through the stroke incident that pretty much reset her brain. So she's watching herself and what she noticed is that her emotional state was different. It was easier for her to not get upset about things. And what she realized is that there was something that was happening that she was deciding to be upset about things at times. And, and before, she would have been upset about it, but she wouldn't have recognized that she was deciding to be upset. In her research, she discovered that the human body naturally has about a 90-second period of chemical reaction when there's any emotional uh, uh, insight or any in emotional pain. 
So somebody says something to you that hurts you, there's a 90-second automatic chemical flush in our body. When we feel threatened, there is a 90-second chemical flush in our body that is immediately trying to get us ready. That's the adrenaline flow, and it's our instant emotional feel. And so it instantly comes through us. The emotional run-through is about a 90-second chemical reaction in our brain. After that 90 seconds, any emotional response is the fact that the person is in an emotional loop. They're caught looping through the emotions that they're building onto the story. This is where we recognize that our thoughts are actually uh, recreating, reinstituting that circuitry. They're keeping the process going. Uh, They're continuing to keep the process of that hurt, that pain, alive. So instead of 90 seconds, it goes on and on. The natural state is 90 seconds for it to wash. So what we can basically look at is when, say, an animal is provoked, an animal feels threatened, they have about a 90-second reactivity before they calm down again. You may have seen this many times. I I can think of a time when I was walking my dog and my dog got really angry and upset at another dog, growling and really trying to get to it. We passed. My dog immediately calmed down and was fine the rest of the walk. Now, here's the interesting thing. I continued to chastise myself and in my mind, my dog, I didn't say anything to my dog, but I chastised myself for being you know, not, not a great uh, dog owner. Maybe I hadn't trained my dog right. Now, my dog had not done anything to the other dog, had only barked and growled, and had obviously felt some threat for the way my dog was responding. And after that, for the next rest of the walk, I was walking through kind of feeling shame for what had happened. My dog was not. My dog had flushed it through a system. I was continuing to recirculate that through my system. So I want you to think of this cycle that often happens. There's an activating event. That would be the either physical or emotional pain. That's the activating event. Something happens to us, which leads us to have self-defeating beliefs and thoughts. We start thinking Bad stuff about that, right? We have self-defeating thoughts and beliefs that automatically come up from that initial thing. Somebody says something bad to us, something that hurts our feelings, makes us angry, and we immediately start reflecting on what does that mean about us and who we are and are we a good person or a bad person or a lovable person or anything else, right? It, it kind of brings that into focus for us. And as we have those self-defeating beliefs and thoughts, we have an emotional response based on that. So I have a thought that leads to an emotional response. I can feel shame, more anger, more frustration, uh, more sadness, depression, anxiety. All of those things are activated by those self-defeating beliefs and thoughts that were kicked off by the activating event. So the activating event, self-defeating beliefs and thoughts, it leads to an emotional response based on that, which can often lead us to even more irrational beliefs and thoughts which only circulates us back to that emotional response. And so as long as we're having that cycle of emotional response leading to irrational beliefs and thoughts, leading to emotional response, leading to irrational thoughts and beliefs, around and around it goes and it traps us in that dirty pain. So what do we do about that? How do I move beyond that? Well, there are a couple of things I think that are helpful. The first one is that thought awareness that I've talked about before. Remember that a thought is just a thought. It's not reality. It's a thought. It's what our mind is made to do. 
Our mind is made to create thoughts. Some of them are good, some of them are useful. The problem is we often just assume that if we're thinking it, it must be factual or at least accurate. But a thought is simply a thought. Sometimes it's a great thought. If you think about it, everything that's been created started with a thought. Everything that humans have destroyed also ends up starting with a thought. Some creative mind thought about building these huge twin towers in New York City. Some other mind imagined how to take them down. Each mind was just having thoughts. What they did with those thoughts was make it into reality. You and I do that every day. I have a a friend who thinks that everybody is out to get her. And she walks through the world that way. And guess what? It ends up being that some people fall into that. And they give her just enough so that she drops into that cycle. Something happens. The person thinks that everybody's out to get them, which leads to an emotional response where they're defensive and attacking and angry, which leads to more irrational thoughts and beliefs, which cycles back into more emotional response. All because of a thought. Everybody's out to get me. In fact, most people aren't out to get us. In fact, most people are doing things for their own self, for their own sake. They are wrapped up in their own thoughts. So thought awareness is simply being aware that a thought is just a thought, which means that once I realize that, I can step away from it and decide how much attention I want to give to that thought. How much I need to pay attention to that thought if I'm aware that that thought may not be useful, helpful, or true. So a thought is just a thought is the thought awareness piece. The fact is most of us spend a lot of our day believing that every thought in our head is reality. And if we can take one step back, we can begin to move ourselves away from that dirty pain. The second thing we can do is shift perspective. Try to see things from a different viewpoint. Sometimes when I was a kid, I would come home with my feelings pretty hurt from things that had happened at school. I wasn't a very popular kid. I was more of a nerdy kid. And sometimes people said things that hurt my feelings. Sometimes I'd come home and tell my mother about it. And she had a great phrase. She would say, consider the source. What she was teaching me was to think about this from another perspective. Think about this from a little bit further away. Consider what might have been going on with that other person. One of the things we know is that when people lash out and hurt other people, they're lashing out and hurting them from their own pain. That's a perspective shift just to know that. Sometimes if we step away and recognize that that same person has hurt the feelings of lots of other people, we recognize it really has little to do with us, really has something to do with the other person. Sometimes a shift in perspective has us ask the question, well, is there something that I need to pay attention to here? Maybe I need to back up and instead of being defensive, ask the question, Is this some free coaching that I need to pay attention to? Maybe that was not the intent of the person. They didn't mean to give you some feedback, but you can use it that way. You can consider the fact that there is something helpful in what's being said to you, or you can discard that just by shifting perspective, seeing things from a little further away, or seeing things in a time span. For instance, let's say that this is the first time anybody's ever told you uh, something about yourself. You're not quite sure if it's true, and you look back and you realize that nobody's ever said that before. In fact, most people say quite the opposite. You've shifted perspective in a time process. You've thought about it over time and realized that's not about you either. So when we shift perspectives, we begin to think about it in more objective ways. 
There's a lot of research that shows that people do a lot better in life when they journal in objective ways about things that are going on in their lives. When something happens to us, we think about it very subjectively. It's happening to me in my world. But if I step back and kind of take the reporter's objective viewpoint for whatever level of objectivity there is in any reporter, but to use that as, as a, a, start, a starting point, to think about how can I be more objective about this. And so you write it much more as if somebody is observing it. That gives you an objective perspective. And suddenly, sometimes it doesn't seem so bad. Have you ever had something happen to you? And you know, as you're going through it, you think it's the most horrible thing in the world. And then you go and you tell somebody about it. And as you're telling it to them, you go, you know, this really isn't that big of a deal. That's a shift in perspective. So one way we can deal with this dirty pain is shift our perspective and see it from a different place. The third way we can do this is by practicing releasing and forgiving. Deciding to let go of things. Deciding we don't have to be caught up in what happened. Practicing release is kind of like practicing forgiveness. Over the years, I've realized that when people can't forgive something, they're stuck in a story where they are the victim. And this is the opportunity of practicing that. I recently released a book called The Forgive Process. And The Forgive Process is a six-step process to forgive, to let go of things. So one of the things you can work into is deciding how you can release things and how you can process and forgive. So today, the challenge is to recognize that there is a difference between the pain initially that happens to us and what we carry with us in the stories. That's the difference between the clean pain and the dirty pain. Clean pain is going to happen. Dirty pain is a choice we make once we're aware of it. If this has been helpful for you, I hope you'll share it. I hope you'll let other people know about this. And also to check out my books, you can check out more about me and my books by going to leebalkum.com. That's L-E-E-B-A-U-C-O-M.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.